um, this morning we're concluding our four-part series on um, talking about a life that's flourishing. So we've already talked about flourishing in our relationships and in our bodies and in our emotions. And last week, as we talked about flourishing emotions, we talked about letting our emotions be a call into God's presence, right? Emotions that are given to the Lord are flourishing emotions. So um, today we're talking about having flourishing spirits. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So our spirits, you know, we, we, we're, we're triune beings, you might say, triune people. We're, we're three parts. What? What? Don't, don't do that. <laughs> so we're, Wendy said that I have, never mind, I have this, I have a, a, I don't, a crutch or a mannerism when I speak, and she's not that, she's pointed it out to me. He didn't believe me. She's just, okay, I'm just going to have to watch the video back, and we'll see. So, uh, but we are triune people, right? We are bodies, we have physical bodies, we're souls, which is the mind and will and emotions, that sort of part there, and then we have our spirits, and uh, our spirit is the most important part about us. It is the most important part about us. So what's the most important part about you? Yes, thank you, Linda. Yes, because uh, it's the part that connects with God. It's the part that lives forever. Our spirit is our truest self. And uh, if there is a part of our triune part, right, our body, soul, and spirit, uh, the, the part that really needs the most attention or should have the most attention is our spirits, right? Uh, unfortunately, most of us will neglect our spirits. Right? We're, we're physically disciplined, we exercise, or we eat right, right? Our, our mind, our will, and emotions We'll, 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 put, we'll invest in that, we'll, we'll read, we'll grow, we'll go to school, we'll do all those things. But a lot of times for our spirits, we don't do a whole lot for. We tend to neglect our spirits, which is pretty dangerous, right? There was a time in my life when I thought that growing in my walk with Jesus um, uh, meant different things, right? So I thought, if I'm growing in my walk with Jesus, then... He's going to come up in conversation a lot more. And that might be true. That might be an indication, but it's not the indication that I'm growing in my, my walk with Jesus. Uh, I thought that if my spirit was flourishing and growing, then the evidence would be a Bible that uh, looked like it had been read so many times that the cover was coming off. Yeah? I had one of those, too. I mean, it, half of it was highlighted. You know what? When your whole Bible's highlighted... It's hard for those passages to jump out at you because everything is highlighted. <laughs> when everyone's special, no one is, right? I mean, that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, it could be. It could be. I mean, a, a well-worn Bible could be evidence of a flourishing spirit. Um, I thought that a flourishing spirit meant a leadership role at my church or a chance to teach. Could be, but, you know, I've known a lot of leaders with some... Um, pretty, pretty sick spirits, you know, pretty uh, neglected spirits. I've known some teachers with some pretty neglected spirits. Um, and I realized that in a lot of those cases, I, I was wrong, that those sort of kind of exterior things can 
not always be the best evidence of a flourishing spirit. Uh, I realize that um, wearing a Christian t-shirt or listening to K-Love didn't make my spirit any healthier, right? Wearing a Christian t-shirt doesn't make you any, it doesn't make your spirit any more flourishing than wearing a tuxedo makes you any more of an orchestra conductor, right? You know, you can't just uh, put that on and expect to lead an orchestra. So, and the reason is these things didn't make me any more loving, right? Anybody meet an unloving leader? Anybody meet somebody with a well-worn Bible that wasn't very kind, that wasn't very loving, right? Not that those things are wrong. I want all of your Bibles to be well-worn. I want all of your Bibles to be well-read, all right? Um, But those things didn't make me any more loving, any more kind. They didn't make me any more patient with others. And uh, those things uh, are, you know, being loving and being kind and being more patient are actually indications of a flourishing spirit. A healthy spirit is one, I mean, it's indicated by the way that we treat others more than anything else, right? So we can't love the way God loves if we're not nourishing our spirit. That would be impossible, right? Think about the way that God loves and think about how hard it is to love people. Hmm. Can you love the way that God loves without nourishing your spirit? No way. And maybe you've been there where you suddenly have a real, that realization that you were no more patient with your kids than you were six months ago. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. Or maybe you can't remember the last time you felt joy or peace. Right? Maybe you find yourself easily irritated with others or overly critical of yourself. Because you got to love yourself the way God loves you too, right? Yeah. That's that, part of it. That's a huge one. Yeah, I, I think sometimes it's easier to love others than it is to love ourselves. You know, we tend to be very hypercritical of ourselves because there is a weird sense of uh, piety or false righteousness in beating ourselves up, right? And so when you find yourself, uh, you know, with a realization that you haven't grown, it can be kind of discouraging. You know, you can feel like, I'm never going to grow. I had a moment just the other day when I thought I was doing, you know, just growing, right? And I had this moment the other day when the person driving in front of me was just a total idiot. Right? And I just, and I'm, I'm yelling at them. I'm, you know, it, it was almost like I, I, I for, for one moment, I stepped into like third person and I'm watching myself just, you know, yell at somebody on the road. And I'm just like, oh, thank you, God, that the windows are up. <laughs> but, I, yeah, you know, and I realized, you know, in that moment, okay, all right, I need to grow a little bit more in my spirit. Our yeah. default setting as humans is to drift. So think about this. If you don't, like we talked about in our previous um, weeks, if you don't do anything to maintain your health, what happens? You, you drift, drift, drift into unhealth, unhealth don't yeah. you? What if you don't do anything to maintain your car? If it's going to break down eventually, right? You're just going to begin to have problems if you don't do anything to maintain it. Uh, if you, there are, 
So, um, kids, what if you're in a boat and you need the boat to stop moving, what do you put down into the water? An anchor. And what is connecting the anchor to the boat? Could be a rope, but it could be what a chain, right? So what happens if some of the links in the chain are missing? It won't work. And where will your boat go? Oh, yeah, you start to drift away. And what do you think? So in this, I know. Okay, this we're gonna gonna go into metaphors here now. Oh, you guys thought you were done with school, right? <laughs> For the year. In our, so as, our, uh, as people, in our spiritual lives, what do you think the anchor represents? What do we need to be connected to so we don't drift? Jesus, right? Right. If Jesus is our anchor, if Christ is our anchor, and there are, he keeps us from drifting, but there are links missing in the chain, we're going to drift away from him, aren't we? So we have to have our links in the chain. So how do we nurture our spirits so that we can flourish? And what are those chain links that we need? Um, we are going to talk about that, but real quick, guys, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We praise you. We ask that you let your word sink deep. Let our roots grow deep and our branches grow upward. And uh, Lord, that you would have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're going to start off, we're going to be reading Galatians. I like the Galatians because the Galatians were actually Celts that settled in, in Asia Minor. Isn't that cool? So when Paul was writing to the Galatians, there's a good chance he was writing to some you know, uh, would be or would be in the future Irishmen. So it was very cool. Well, God is writing to, or uh, Paul is writing to the Galatians in uh, chapter 5, verses 23 through 25, 22 through 25. And we get this picture of what a healthy spirit looks like. What does a healthy spirit look like? It says, but the, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Ah. Huh? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow. So when the Holy Spirit, when our spirits are flourishing, we become more like that, right? It says, there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So what's that? There's another picture of a flourishing spirit, one that's just, you know, not full of sinful passion, right? Desire for sinful things. So since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So if you remember one thing this, this morning, and you forget everything else, if you just remember one thing, remember this, our spirits flourish when we follow the Holy Spirit, right? When the Holy Spirit is at work in us, we're following Him, that's when our spirits flourish. So if you want to know if your spirit is healthy and growing, ask yourself, am I more loving? Right? Am I more loving or am I a bully? Am I more loving or am I impatient, grumpy? Uh, we all get grumpy. At least that's what she tells me. Uh, do I have more joy and peace? Am I more patient? Am I more kind? Do I show more goodness, more faithfulness, more self-control? 
Am I giving in to sinful desires less? These are questions that you can ask yourself to help determine if your spirit is growing and flourishing. Okay? These things are the evidence that our spirits are healthy and flourishing. Yeah. And spiritual growth is more about becoming than doing, right? But just like in any relationship, there are things that we have to do to bring about growth. So it's difficult to follow the Holy Spirit if we don't know him very well. <laughs> and we don't know, are we, is that, if, if we don't know him very well and we're, we're thinking, should I do this? We don't know what he would say, right? But if we know him well, we're gonna know what he would say. If I said, um, Melissa, I'm feeling really distant from Lee lately. I mean, the last time we talked was I'm glad about- glad she can confide in you. Yeah, I can. I, and if I said, I'm just feeling really distant from him lately. We haven't talked in like three months. So I don't really get it though, why we feel so distant. Does that make any sense? She'd be like, well, go talk to him for crying out loud. <laughs> That's why you feel distant. If you're not, if you're not uh, nurturing the relationship, then you're not going to feel close to him. You're going to feel distant. And we, we say those things about God. I just feel like so distant from God. Um, and sometimes that, is, that still happens when we're talking to him. But we're not going to fix it by not talking to him. Um, and so all you have to do to drift, like we were talking about earlier, all we have to do to drift is nothing just do nothing and your spiritual walk will just fade right your spiritual growth or journey will look different in different seasons so you're not always going to be like right but um, it still requires you to make a move because it's a relationship so how do we cultivate the conditions within ourselves to follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives, like the, the scripture says? And the first thing is to eliminate distraction. Mm. Oh, eliminate boy. distractions. <laughs> That's the hardest one. Wow. But distraction is what our whole entire culture is based on. <laughs> it seems like that some days. I mean, like we live in the most distracted culture ever, ever. Right? One thing that the Holy Spirit shows me over and over and over again is that he speaks in the quiet. He speaks in the quiet. If I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, if I want to hear him talk to me, what I like to do is turn off my phone and just go for a walk. I don't have earbuds in. I don't have anything like that. I'm just going for a walk, and I'm just talking to him something about that. I don't know what it is about just walking and talking. If, if I really love you and you come over to my house, I'll probably ask you if you want to go for a walk. You know, when, 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 my, when my mom comes to visit, I say, Mom, let's go for a walk. Right? It's because we can just walk and talk and enjoy nature and there's no television on, there's no distraction, the phone's not ringing, I mean, just... I've got my phone in airplane mode, so nobody can text me. There's no notifications happening. And so the Holy Spirit speaks in the quiet. I don't know what it is about. He doesn't want to compete. He doesn't want to shout over your phone. He doesn't want to shout over your iPad. He doesn't want to shout over your music. You know, uh, some thinkers say, you know what? Just be in a place 
where no one else's ideas are entering your mind. So what does that mean? So if you're listening to music with lyrics, that's someone else's ideas. If you're, you're looking on Facebook, that's someone else's ideas, right? So just be in a place where no one else's ideas are in your head and just he speaks in the quiet. So if I'm consuming every entertainment every time I have a few minutes of free time, if like, you know, I'm waiting for my oil to be changed and so I'm consuming entertainment on my phone or something, um, or if I'm waiting in line at the store and I feel bored and I pull up my phone, then I may miss a moment when God is trying to talk to me. And sometimes, uh, if I'm in the store or I'm somewhere in public and I have a moment where I have to sit and wait, if I just sit and wait and watch long enough, the Holy Spirit will point out someone for me to pray for. Because you notice, you begin to notice hurting people around you. You begin to notice people around you that really could use a touch from the Lord. And so, uh, but you won't notice those things if you're looking at a screen. If you're, if you're being entertained, if you're being distracted. God wants to talk to you and use you every day, all the time, right? But we can't do that if we're distracted. Eliminate distraction. He's always speaking, but we can't hear it if our attention is turned towards screens or distraction. So I, some of you know this. I recently spent um, <clears throat> about five days away by myself on personal retreat. And um, if you know me, that's, that, typically, that doesn't seem like that. That's I had very... to force her. <laughs> yes, by penalty of, I don't know. <laughs> I said you had to do this. Yeah, so uh, and I ended up loving it. But... Um, because I, I typically listen to music a lot, or uh, I listen to podcasts a lot. Um, I, I'm a very busy person, um, and I. But I was in a place where I had no distractions, so no work, no answering emails, no nothing. And I was, I, I had the ability to just um, do whatever I wanted, basically. What is that? <laughs> but I noticed that I heard things from the Lord at some very interesting times. But beca And because I was not distracted, like so I decided I'm not going to be on social media while I'm doing this. I'm just going to not be distracted. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting to hear things. So um, I would just be reading a book and all of a sudden something in it, God would just speak something through it to me. And I, I would begin to weep and I'm like, oh. What's going on here? And in our, in our, I know that in my everyday, if I do that, if I'm reading something and something really pricks me and I'm going to cry, I hold it back. Well, I don't have time for that. Right? I don't, I don't press Ain't into those moments. Ain't got time to moments, bleed. Right? So to worship, what, to worship is to center our hearts and our minds on God. And, and, and that, in other words, to give him our attention. It's to give him our attention. That is worship when you're giving him your attention. And as humans, we have the tendency to give our attention, like he was saying, to everything else. There's no shame in that. That's just who we are. <laughs> That's what we do. But we have to uh, continually move our attention back to Jesus. Simply by saying, you can simply say, Jesus, you have my attention. Jesus, you have my attention. That's more for us <laughs> than it is for him, right? But it turns our focus back to him, and in those moments of pause 
and intentionally building more quiet into our lives, it'll help us to hear that leading voice. Yeah. So when we're waiting, we have that moment. Jesus, you have my attention. Yeah. What do you want to say? Right. Rock on. So next thing so, is. Yeah, that, oh, that's I, the. F oh, no, that. That, so that was the first, first link in the, in the chain, is first eliminate distraction. Yeah. Next, spend time in prayer and worship. Spend time in prayer and worship. That should be a part of all of our lives, you know, just as important as eating, you know. We all eat, you know, and, and, and we eat a few times a day, sometimes too much, sometimes <laughs> five times a day. Um, but we all eat, and spending time with Jesus in prayer and worship should be... Uh, at least that important. It has a way of calibrating our hearts to hear the Holy Spirit. It's almost like just kind of, you know, normal life sort of knocks us out of calibration. It knocks us out of center. You know, we get distracted. We get imbalanced. And spending time in prayer and worship sort of like is this rebalancing, this recalibrating. You know, back in the day when I was... Uh, growing up before cable TV. I think there's a few of us here that remember those days before cable TV and Netflix and streaming. I had this antenna on the top of my television set and uh, it had a little dial on it. I don't quite know why. I think that was some sort of marketing ploy. If you turn the dial, it'll come in better. But, um, and then we, they had these two metal poles, I guess, retractable poles that came out from the top. And if you really, really, really wanted your TV set-top antenna to work better, you'd stick a little tinfoil on the ends to extend that bad boy, make it better, right? And every time you'd switch the channel, it wouldn't come in as good. It'd be all, they call it snow or static, for those of you who are too young to remember, static or snow on a television set. And so you had to get up and recalibrate the antenna. You had to go up, get up and move those, those metal poles with the tinfoil on the end to the optimal place where they could receive the signal coming in, and then you could watch Tom and Jerry, which is usually what I did. And so uh, when we spend time in prayer and worship, it's like calibrating our antennas. It's, about two, it's like tuning us in to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that he can lead us. And so uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verses 27, he said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So we spend time in his presence, listening to his voice. Nothing can take the place of prayer and worship when it comes to know, getting to know God. Nothing at all. I know some people, they make the argument, and they go, You know, I just really connect with God when I'm on my bike. Awesome. Go ride your bike. But that's not a replacement for time and prayer and worship. People say, I, I just connect. I'm just one with God when I'm, when I'm fishing. Great, go fishing. But that does not take the place of prayer and worship. Okay? When our friendship with him grows stronger, it enables us to hear and recognize his voice more clearly. Yeah. We're, if, I think what you're saying is, that you've got to set that time aside just like we do if I'm going to connect with him we can talk throughout our day right which is good to do when, with Jesus too right because you're aligning realigning with him throughout your day and you can talk to him about anything but also you you need that time where you're like okay Jesus you have my attention mm -hmm. here I am to spend time with you 
And no matter what that looks like, because it's going to look different, like we said, at different times in your life, no matter what that looks like, um, that connection will keep you anchored. So even if you are angry with God, keep talking to him, because then you keep linked to that anchor, right? Keep the connection that you, that you have with him so that you can weather the storms, right? And so that you won't drift. Yeah. All right, so kids, help me out with this one. So we've got eliminate distraction, and we've got spend time in prayer and worship, and then what's the next thing, kids? Spend time in the... Not ice cream parlor. It's not spend time in the ice cream parlor. Oh, I wish. Your dad was wrong. I know he fed you that answer. Uh, spend time in the Bible, right? Spend time in the Bible. Spend time in God's word. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, people do not live by bread alone, right? But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That, the, the Bible is like food to our spirits. It's food, just like you, if you go a few days without eating food, what happens? You, go, you get weak, you get grumpy, you get, you get food headaches or hunger headaches or whatever. You know, spend time in God's Word. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, He shines light on God's Word. He shines light on Scripture. It may, helps it make, make it come alive for us. It brings hope to us and healing, and it changes us. So, you know, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if anybody here, uh, before you were following Jesus when you read the Bible versus after you started following Jesus and you read the Bible. Anybody here ever read? Yeah. And, and did you notice that it was a completely different book after you started following Jesus and you started reading it? And it is because when we're following Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to illuminate God's word for us. Shine a light on us. Help us understand it. And so uh, it's so important that we are filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and let him illuminate God's word for us when we read it. It brings hope. It brings healing. It brings change. It's a completely different game. So the Bible tells us everything that we need to know about becoming a Christian, growing as a Christian, and living as a Christian, living as a follower of Jesus. And you are going to read things in it that you don't understand. And maybe in that moment, the Holy Spirit doesn't make it super clear to you. And you're like, well, I don't know what this means. And, and that's okay because the Word of God, is, it says that it's living and active. So it feeds our spirits even if we don't fully understand everything that's in it. You know, it we have to the trust time. the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that is giving us the, you know, he's going to reveal to us what it means at, at some point. <laughs> So we have to continue reading it. And I've heard people talk about going through seasons in their life where they just really were struggling with doubt and really struggling with God, like, in general. I don't know what I believe. I don't know if I can follow God. I don't know what to do. I, I don't know if I can be a Christian anymore. But they continued to read the Bible during that season, and it anchored them. And it, it illuminated truth to them, and it kept them walking with the Lord at, the, at a time when they felt like they couldn't do it anymore. So it is an anchor for your soul. You know, with, with that, like, uh, you know, gosh, I've, I've been following Jesus for 35 years. Since then. 35 years? That's what 
a long, that makes sense. I'm 50 now. And I've seen a lot of people um, like turn away. Like a lot of people just come, and, ah, I don't know if I really believe this anymore. I don't know about, you know. Um, but I've never seen somebody who is practicing these things that we've talked about and then turn away. Like I've never seen anybody who's like in prayer and worship regularly, in God's word regularly. We'll get to these other things. These are the links in the chain. But I've never seen anybody that is, uh, you know, focused and committed to these things and then go, I just don't know anymore. I'm leaving. You know, it, 100% of the time, there are people who just kind of have, who have drifted. They've just drifted. Yeah. Because they did nothing. Right. That's what happens yeah. when you do nothing. You know, they begin to philosophize and, you know. Well, so, because yeah. when you're not anchored in the, in the truth of God's word, and then, you know, you guys, have done, you guys have probably experienced this. I know I have. You're listening to something, you're reading something, and you go, well, well that sounds right, right? It may not be what God's word means, but somebody's philosophizing, somebody's taking the scripture and explaining it in a different way or whatever that fits the culture or fits the context, and you go, well, that sounds right, but is it? And so it's so easy to drift. If we're anchored in the truth and if we're reading the word of God, then when we hear those things, read those things, see those things, we'll go, that's not what God's word says. That's, that's not right. It sounds good, and it sounds right, and our culture is going to tell you certain things are right, and they sound very good. They sound very loving, but is it what God says? Well, just the other day, Bethany was telling me before, and she was listening to the radio, and it was Christian radio, and out of the song, the radio DJ quoted a scripture, which sounded like very inspirational, very nice and everything, but she was like, but that's not what that scripture is saying, you know? And so if you don't know God's word, if you're not spending time in it, you know, you're going to fall for those sort of like, you know, little, uh, little microwave snacks of scripture, those little, you know, like, uh, and we, you don't want to do memes. that. The little no. scripture memes, you know, that sound very good and inspirational. And, you know, reading a verse on someone's Instagram page is not the same as spending time in God's word and understanding it. So, yes. Okay, and then this part is not, and I'm going to go through it super fast, but this part's not in your notes, but I felt like it was important as, um, because it's one of the things that keeps us anchored to Christ and keeps us growing in Christ is to spend time serving others. Uh, because, and this one, it's funny because serving others has been in every single one of our flourishing theories in one form or fashion. You know, as re in relationships, we need to, um, we need to bless, be generous look at, be generous, generous with, be blessing with each other. Yeah. Generous with blessing each other. And then in our bodies, we need to, you know, if we're serving others, we're doing for others, then we're being, we're becoming more healthy. And in our emotion, right, God has designed us to grow as we serve. God has designed us to grow in service with, to him. So when I commit myself to serve, I always learn more about God. I always learn more about myself and others. And I see his heart more when I serve. I can see his heart and I learn who he is and then I'm drawn closer to him. And the last thing is this, is spend time with other people that are led by the Holy Spirit. Spend time with other people that are led by the Holy Spirit. You know, we are, they say, they say that we are a culmination of the five people closest to us. Right? 
Wouldn't you want the five people closest to you to be people that are led by the Holy Spirit and people that are in the Word and spend time in prayer and worship? And so spend time with those people. I'm not saying that prayer and worship and time and prayer that other people spend time doing, right, will make up for your lack. <laughs> uh, but people who are filled with God's Spirit will inspire you to be filled yourself. Don't you love it when you get around somebody with lots of faith and are filled with the Spirit and you're like, I want that kind of faith, right? I want, you know, they inspire you to be in the Word more. They inspire you to serve others. And so when I'm with people with big faith, my faith increases. Suddenly I'm like, man, I've been aiming too low. Look at this person. They inspire me, right? Now, if we're going to talk, actually, for the next three weeks. We're doing a three-week series on mindset. Very important. Uh, if you have a limited mindset, a lot of times what will happen when you're around somebody with big faith, you'll just feel bad about yourself. And that's a limited mindset, right? But if you have a growth mindset and you're around somebody with big faith, then you're inspired to do big things. And so uh, be around people with big faith. You know, the community of believers, the church, it is special from any other organization. There is not another organization or body like the church anywhere, anywhere, okay? And uh, we motive each other, motivate each other. We stir each other up to, to run hard after Jesus, all right? We pray for each other. We hold each other accountable. So, we, you know, accountability is so rare in our world. Because nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants even their closest friends to step on their toes and tell them when they're headed in the wrong direction or tell them when they're half butting it, right? And so, uh, but the church is great. We, get to, we hold each other accountable. We worship. We serve together. It is so awesome. Okay, <laughs> this must have been playing with it. Uh, God has designed us to be in relationship, and we flourish when we connect. So what the enemy does is look for those who are trying to do it alone. Because he can attack you, and there's no one to tell you, that's not God. <laughs> that's the enemy talking to you, you know. And so he, if you spend time with people who challenge you and serve with you and who you can have discussions about spirituality with, you'll see more growth, and you'll see that other person grow too. And you will encounter frustration in, the, in those relationships, and you will encounter frustration in the church. Why? Because the church is not just an institution. The church is people. You are the church, right? And so you're going to have frustration. You're going to get irritated. You're going to be disappointed but it's worth it because um if we allow god to work through those things work through us in those things we grow because in any relationship there's going to be growing pains so it's worth it to continue to gather mm -hmm. yeah you got to make it through the murky middle with your church family too yeah so i i really do i hope that your closest friends are in this room I hope that your closest friends are in the church. I hope that your closest friends are praying for you, that they're inspiring you to live by faith. Uh, I hope that your closest friends are following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes we, we, we even, we can make friends with people at church or a church or other believers. And, uh, and we, 
we make the assumption that, that because they're part of a church that they're going to be great friends. Uh, that's not always true, you know. Um, I've known people who have made friends at church, and those friends that they met at church actually led them down the wrong way. And so uh, look for people who are following the Holy Spirit. Look for people that are part of this, doing these things, that are spending time in God's Word, that are spending time in prayer and worship, that you know, aren't glued to your, their distractions. If your closest friends are always looking at their phones, they probably shouldn't be your closest friends. Because, you know, you, when you're trying to share your heart and they're doing this, you just want to slap that out of their hand, right? Have you ever tried to have a heart-to-heart conversation with somebody who keeps answering texts? Oh, forget about it, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> so if you and I get together and you keep looking at your phone, we're probably not going to get, get, get together again. So I, I just, my time is way too, too valuable you know, to spend it with somebody whose attention is divided the entire time we spend together. And so find people who, are, who love the Word of God. And so as we close this morning, what I want to do is I just want to look in the mirror of Galatians 5, 22 through 25. Just, just spend a minute to look in the mirror and, and ask yourself, am I becoming more loving, Right? Am I becoming more full of joy? Am I becoming more full of peace? Am I becoming more patient? Am I becoming more kind? Am I becoming more good, more faithful, more gentle? Am I becoming more full of self-control? I mean, self-control is also a fruit of the Spirit. A lot of times, we get into areas of self-control, and people all of a sudden go, oh, well, that's legalism, right? That's legalism. No, it's not. It's a fruit of the Spirit is self-control right? Oh, that's, that's, that's religiousness. No, it's not. Self-control is a spirit, fruit of the Spirit, which means walking in purity, right? Which means, you know, showing self-control with the way we treat our bodies, with the way that we treat others. Self-control. So am I exhibiting more self-control? And maybe you have been spending more, you know, too much time distracted. That's another part of self-control, you know? And maybe you need more time in prayer and worship and God's word. Maybe the company that you're keeping isn't with people linked, right, and filled with God's spirit. And so today all I want to do is just say, hey, you know, as a church, I think it's important that we just make that commitment. That we say, okay, God, I'm going to make that commitment to strengthen the links in my chain to you. I'm going to make that commitment to... uh, grow my spirit to for my spirit to flourish and so um i just want to stand and pray i'm standing i'm going i'm making the commitment and i just want to stand and pray and if you're saying hey i'm gonna i'm making that commitment then you just stand with me and we'll pray and and just uh you know i believe that as the church you know we're only as strong as each link you know we're only as strong as each person's spirits you know, it's so funny it's that uh, we, we kind of have this culture that's always sort of, you know, bashing the church and bad-mouthing the church and, and all those things. And, and you know, we, you're the church. We're the church. You know, we're all in the church here. And if the church isn't strong and healthy, if the church isn't doing as God created the church to do, it's because we're not flourishing in our spirits. And so I just want to pray. We just pray that we just be people of flourishing spirits, right? All right, why don't you pray first, and I'll close this out. Holy Spirit, come. We just invite you. Mm-hmm. 
Father, we're so thankful that you invite us mm -hmm. into relationship with you, that that's what this is about. So, mm -hmm. so sometimes, yes, it is a discipline to spend time in prayer and spend time in the Bible, but God, it's also a relationship and we get so much out of it. God, it is our lifeline. Mm -hmm. So Lord, I ask that you would draw us in. Lord, I pray for no condemnation, mm -hmm. um, just conviction, Lord, on all of us, God. And I, I do um, I pray, Father, that we would be people that commit to spending time with you, to growing in our relationship with you. Lord, to recalibrating our, ourselves throughout the day, to reach out to you to say, Jesus, you have my attention. To open our spirits, to hear it so that our, your spirit connects with ours, God, so that we can hear your still small voice. We commit to listen. Open our ears, God, to hear you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. The worship team wants to come. I'm going to pray one more time. And uh, we're going to sing together, right? Spend just a minute in prayer and worship. If you need prayer this morning, we got prayer team back there behind the soundboard. They'd love to pray for you for any reason at all. But let me pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we praise you. Lord, I pray that we would be flourishing individuals, a flourishing church, Lord. Lord, that we would be committed to knowing your word, to uh, being with you to, um, to give you more attention than we give anything else, God. God, we love you so, so, so much. Ah, God. Turn our appetite towards you. Turn our hearts towards you, always, Lord. That we would never drift, but, Lord, we would be anchored in you. In Jesus' name.